Well, good morning. It's hard to imagine uh, getting a nicer Easter morning, huh? A uh, beautiful day outside. So just kind of, you wake up and you see the sun out and you're like, ah, it's spring. You know, it feels like something fresh, something new. And, and that's what we're here to celebrate, right? The risen Lord, uh, this new life that we have been given in Him. And so uh, today as we celebrate Easter, so glad that all of you are here uh, to join us in the celebration, to join us uh, as we uh, commemorate Christ risen from the dead. That as the scriptures uh, teach us, He died for our sins. He was buried. And on the third day, He was risen again in accordance with the scriptures. And so we praise God uh, for that great and wonderful act of love uh, that was poured out for us that we celebrate on Good Friday, and we praise Him for His power that triumphed over sin and triumphed over the grave. On the uh, first Easter morning, we know that the, the women went to the tomb and they found that the tomb was empty. Uh, and some of the disciples came later and they, they discovered the same thing, that the, the, there was no body in the tomb. But not only was the tomb empty, one of the great things about the Christian faith is that Jesus also appeared to many people after he rose from the dead. Uh, this is not just something that uh, we can kind of conjure up and say, hey, a few guys went and they, they did a little tomb raid and they took the body and ran away with it and that was it. Jesus truly appeared. We have eyewitness testimonies of people who saw Jesus, interacted with Jesus, spoke with Jesus after he rose from the dead. Uh, this resurrection that we proclaim, this resurrection that we celebrate, uh, is the the fulcrum of the Christian faith, right? It's one of those things that in 1 Corinthians 15, without it, Everything that we are doing is, is meaningless, right? And so uh, we come and, and celebrate today especially, but every Sunday, uh, that it is Resurrection Sunday, that Jesus rose from the dead. That's why we are here. That's why uh, we are doing what we are doing. This morning, what I would like for us to do is uh, just take a little bit of time, and we're going to look at the testimony of just a couple of those eyewitnesses that saw Jesus and interacted with him after he rose from the dead. So if you have a Bible near you, maybe you brought one with you, uh, maybe there's one in the, the chairs, underneath the chairs in front of you, maybe you're just going to pull out your phone, I'd love for you to, as Josh said, open to Luke chapter 24 with me this morning. We're going to see a really interesting account of two disciples of Jesus uh, who encounter the risen Lord uh, while while they're leaving Jerusalem, actually on the same day that Jesus rose from the dead, and they're, they're on a, a road to a small village called Emmaus. And uh, it's while they're walking along this road, just pondering the things that have happened, all the things that they've seen over the past couple of days, that they, they have this encounter uh, with Jesus. We're going to get to see what that looked like and, and hopefully draw a couple things out of it. So if you're in Luke chapter 24 with me, uh, we're just going to read uh, through this story because uh, that's the way it was written. It was written to be a story, so we're going to look at that together this morning, starting in verse 13. It says, That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. And while they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What's this conversation that you're holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man uh, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, how our chief priests and Rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it's now the third day since these things happened. 
Moreover, some, of our, some women from our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they didn't find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. So some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. And Jesus said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe, all the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And so they drew near to the village to which they were going, and he acted as if he were going farther, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it's toward evening, and the day is now far spent. And so he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. And they said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together saying, the Lord has risen indeed. He's appeared to Simon. And they told what had happened on the road and how he was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. One of the things I love about this story, what I love about this passage is is that it gives us a glimpse into how some of Jesus' disciples uh, were dealing with the events surrounding what we now call Holy Week. Right? They were looking back on all of these things as they're walking out of town talking about all these events. That Jesus' arrest, His trial, his, his sentencing, His crucifixion, His burial. All these things that have happened over the past few weeks and, and it left them pretty troubled. It shows us that the things surrounding Jesus, the things that we celebrate around this time, around Easter and Good Friday and, and Holy Week, weren't just uh, trivial events. They weren't just things that a niche group of individuals in Jerusalem were impacted by or, or had to deal with, but they upset the whole city. And so we see as Jesus kind of comes along and joins them on the road to Emmaus and starts talking with them, he asks them uh, what their conversation is all about. And, and their response to him that we, uh, that we see where they're saying, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who doesn't know these things? We could translate that into the modern vernacular and say, in, other, in essence, what they do is they say to Jesus, do you live under a rock? Are you the only person who doesn't know how? Everybody knows everything that's been going on in Jerusalem. How could you not know these things concerning Jesus? It's on every headline. Twitter feeds are blowing up. Everybody's talking about Jesus right now. And this man who was sentenced to death and he was crucified and buried by the religious leaders, this is the biggest news that's ever happened. Where have you been? And Jesus says, well, what things are going on? And you notice as they start to explain all this stuff, you, you, can, you can kind of get a sense of the criticism that they have. Jesus is a great guy. He's a mighty prophet, and our, our rulers condemned him to death and crucified him. They're not like, yeah, this is hoorah, great. As a matter of fact, we're going to see that these disciples on that Easter morning, unlike us today, we show up and it's a bright sunny day and we're smiling. Happy Easter. It's it's great to see you. The Lord is risen. He's risen indeed. And we, we celebrate and we're happy for them. That's not how they were dealing with the first Easter. For them, we, we see that they were they were discouraged, they were disappointed, they were disheartened. Because everything they'd been looking at, everything had just kind of fallen apart. We're told in verse 17, if you see, as 
Jesus begins this conversation with them, it says that they stood still looking sad. It's not like these guys had a smile on their face, say, yeah, the, you know, the, the women went and there was an empty tomb. They're a bit down in the dumps. They're a little depressed at the things that have taken place. They just watched a, a friend of theirs be put to death. They watched a, one of their leaders, someone that they cared about, be sentenced to an unjust death. Spirits are a little low. We see down a little further that, that they're disappointed in verse 21. They, as they're conveying these things that have happened in verse 21, they say, but, but we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. These high expectations for this Jesus. He had gained this following and he had influence and he was speaking. He was a prophet, they say, powerful in word and deed before God and man. He'd done wonderful things. He taught with conviction. He, he spoke with authority that was unknown to them. And here, now he's, he's dead? We thought there was something special about this guy. We thought he was going to do something truly great. And, and we know that their, their expectations were just off a little bit. They, they had no idea what Jesus was really doing. They thought Jesus would be some sort of political revolutionary to lead the day and establish a kingdom for Israel that would never end. And he did. But not the kind of kingdom they were thinking. So they're, they're a little disappointed in all these things that Jesus just didn't turn out to be the person that they really thought he was going to be. They were disheartened. We see down in uh, the, the evaluation of the empty tomb. It's not that they're going and saying, hey, yeah, the tomb's empty. Great. It's a good deal. They're saying... The women said they, they, they saw a vision of angels saying that Jesus was alive. So others went down and found the tomb just like they said, empty. But nobody saw Jesus. Nobody saw Jesus. The fact, guys, that Jesus appeared to people after he rose is so important. Such a valuable thing for us that we have eyewitness testimonies. It changed the day for these disciples as we're going to see. It takes uh, their discouragement, their, their disappointment, their disheartedness, and it brings it uh, and kind of transforms it. Because here they are. You, you, you don't get a lot of life in this conversation that they're having with Jesus. This is not the typical Easter hurrah, good morning. And how does Jesus respond to them? This stranger who evidently lives under a rock uh, turns to them and, and he responds to all of this news by saying what? Ta-da! Guys, it's me! Look, I'm alive! Why are you so sad? Why are you so disheartened? It's time to turn those frowns upside down. Let's be happy. It's Easter. No, he... Oh, foolish ones and slow of heart to believe. All of the prophets have spoken. I imagine, I just imagine Jesus says that with, with the most tenderness in his voice. Not, not just this harsh criticism, but like, guys, you've had it all there all along. Don't we know the Scriptures? Don't we know all of these things that, that had to be dealt with? Don't we know that God has been teaching us and preparing us for this very thing? Why are you filled with disbelief? These things had to happen. And then Jesus gets into this, this Bible lesson that had to rival all Bible lessons of all time. Verse 27, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And I don't know about you, but I would have loved to have sat in on that Bible class. That had to have been so cool. And before we just start thinking, like, man, that must have been a long deal, you know, going through all the scriptures and, you know, sitting through like that, maybe that was a little boring, you know. Let's not forget that in verse 32, 
As the disciples look back after they realize who Jesus is, they're looking back at that conversation. They say, didn't our hearts burn within us? In other words, they're like, as Jesus was teaching us these things, he was opening the scriptures, which, by the way, did not mean that Jesus took his Bible out of his his, uh, bag and started opening up, and he opened to Jeremiah, and he opened to, to Jonah, and all these things. They didn't have this. Jesus just started speaking to them, saying, don't you remember that this was written? Here's what that means. And it's like it's getting clearer and clearer as Jesus speaks. Their hearts burning within them like, whoa. Like the aha moments of, I never thought about it that way. I, I never got that. I never made that connection. Wow. This would have been the clearest, most captivating, most compelling Bible lesson you could have ever sat in on. I would get off this stage and have Jesus come up and preach that lesson in a heartbeat because that would be so cool to just listen to him do it. It makes me wonder that what were some of the things that he talked about? I sure wish that Luke would have given us a little bit more detail about that conversation. Did, I mean, did Jesus go back to Noah and, and talk about how Noah was the one righteous man and, and through him God worked by his grace and, and his favor to, to save humanity from the, the waters of judgment? Did he get into Joseph and how he was the, the least of the brothers and by injustice and evil doings he was sent to a foreign land where he was raised up to save his family, to bring them from a place of desolation and, and famine to a place of uh, prosperity where they would be provided for and saved? Did he get into Moses and how Moses had, had gone away from Egypt, but he came back as a deliverer sent by God to, to speak on behalf of God with powerful words and mighty signs to deliver his people from captivity and lead them to the promised land? Did, did he talk about that? What are the things that Jesus got into? Did he talk about the snake that was lifted up in the wilderness, that all who were sick and looked upon the snake were healed, and how likewise the Messiah would be one who would have to be lifted up on a tree, that all who would look upon him in faith would be saved? Did he talk about Jonah and how he was three days in the belly of fish, and likewise the Messiah would be three days in the grave before he would raise up and bring salvation to others? Did he talk about the suffering servant of Isaiah? Did he talk about the weeping prophet of Jeremiah? What are the things that Jesus talked about? I would love to know. It's one of those things that I just kind of hope when, when we get to glory one day and say, all right, could you just could you rewind that a little bit and just let us get a glimpse into what, what that conversation was? Can we just start to see how this all worked together? And he brings the, this, the scriptures to bear on the situation because it starts to show that the Bible's not just some collection of random stories. It's not just some collection of good moral teachings say this is how you should live your life. The Bible is one story that overarches from beginning to end and the main character of that whole story is who? Jesus! You know, that's where we bring the excitement of Easter back into play. Like, yes, it's about Jesus. All of it is about Jesus. All of it pointing to Him. All of it concerning Him. And so we celebrate this knowing that that what we are celebrating today is the culmination of all of this. Leading up to God preparing, God working, God setting the stage to send His Son, that His Son would come and live a perfect life. That He died a sinner's death. He was buried in the tomb and that He was raised on the third day. Praise God. And we celebrate the fact that Jesus is risen. Because the story wasn't done in Genesis. The story wasn't done in Exodus. The story wasn't done with the prophets or the judges. The story wasn't done in the Psalms. The story is still even going on now, but Jesus is the climax of that story. 
Even today, we look back to him as we are right now. He is the one who has changed the course of human history. So here are these disciples. They're, they're along this road and they're, they're dealing with this and they're, they're so, they've lost hope. They have lost hope. And for some today, when people are living in our world so lost of hope, but the resurrection changes things. Not in the sense that you, know, you, bring, you bring Jesus to bear and say, okay, we live in a, a rough world or, or circumstances and events may happen that are difficult to deal with. And if you just sprinkle a little bit of Jesus dust down there and say, well, I just trust in Jesus, now all things are better. No, it brings hope in the sense that it calls us out of just the mundane day to day. It calls us to look beyond just the circumstances of life to something greater. That Jesus, as we've been learning in Ephesians, has been seated at the right hand of the throne of God. High above all rule and dominion. He has been exalted. And we have hope in His exaltation because it's greater than any power or principality of this world. Our hope's in Him. In His triumph. That He will never again taste death. That He has risen and conquered once and for all. And so we see that the resurrection renews the hope that has been lost. It renews the, the brokenness of the world that had brought about sin and death and all these things. And when Jesus conquered the grave, He conquered sin once and for all. So now there is truly hope. Not just wishing that the Cubs will have another season. Not just hoping that the Bears off-season trades and transactions are going to maybe give us a little bit more of an entertaining year next year. But a hope that is unshakable. A hope that is firmly rooted in one act that can never be undone. There's confidence in that. Hope has been restored when we encounter the risen Lord. So as you look at these disciples, their discouragement and their disappointment and their disheartedness is transformed as they interact with the risen Jesus Christ. They become intrigued by the Scriptures as Jesus teaches them and their hearts burn within them. And they become interested in Jesus, not even knowing that it's Jesus. And they say, well, why don't you come with us? Why don't you come stay with us for the night? Because it's late. You, know, you might as well shack up here. We'll get some food. We got an extra bed. You know, Stay here. And then when they realize who Jesus is, they are impelled to go and share. They leave that hour. I don't know about you guys. It's no big deal for us to drive seven miles. Most of you guys drove more than seven miles to get here today. But if you had to walk seven miles late at night after you already walked seven miles early in the day, let's just be real. This was not news to them. They're like, we'll hold this till tomorrow. This wasn't news to them. They're like, we'll let them know next time we see them. We'll send them a letter in the mail. This was news for them. They're like, we've got to go now. We've got to tell these people. Jesus is risen. These rumors that we've been hearing, the empty grave, that's a real deal because Jesus is alive. He's appeared to to Simon. And they go back and they they tell these stories. And so as we look at these these things, we we recognize one of the beautiful components of this this story in Luke is it reminds us that people encounter Jesus in all kinds of different ways. If you look at the way that Jesus appeared to people after his resurrection, it wasn't just a a one-size-fits-all appearance. There were times where Jesus appeared very publicly to 500 people at one time. There were times where Jesus would appear suddenly uh, behind locked doors with his disciples. And there were times like this where just unassuming, 
comes up and interacts with his disciples along the road. And we have to remember, one of the great encouragements is that people today still encounter Jesus in these variety of different manners. For some, you may look back on your life and say, it was a very obvious, eye-opening moment when I came to faith in Jesus Christ. Like I can point to the moment and say, that's definitely when I encountered Jesus. For some, you may say, Jesus, Jesus got a hold of my life and, uh, by the, the teachings and ministry of other people. Maybe it was a family member. You're looking back and say, there were conversations being had. For some, they, they come to encounter Jesus after a whole long time of, of really intense doubt and criticism and not sure, just like maybe Thomas did. And for others, you may look back and say, it was, it was the small things. As I look back with the, the blessing of time, I realize how God had been working in my life. I didn't even know it at the time. Think of all this interaction that these disciples had. They had no idea it was Jesus. Here he is opening the scriptures to them, helping them understand and see things clearly, explaining all that concerns him, and having this conversation. They had no idea it was Jesus. In the moment, they look back and like, ah, I get it now. So what an encouragement for us to, to consider the ways that we are encountering Jesus and how we may be part of the story of God's using us to help others encounter Jesus. We just don't know. Sometimes we look back and with the blessing of time, we say, now it makes more sense. Now I see what God was doing. So if this is all true, they, the message that they bring back to Jerusalem, this, this good news and this transformation that they're going through, if this is true, the resurrection re- renews their hope, then it also requires a response from us. The resurrection has to require a response. This is so incredibly important. This is why we should spend time to talk about it. There's an awful lot of talk about Jesus in our day and age. Who's Jesus? What was his message really about? Was he legit? Was he, was he a crook? Was Jesus just some guy who was full of himself that led people astray? Who's Jesus? We've got to consider these things. And part of considering this is wrestling with did he really rise from the dead? If this is so important, we need to wrestle with this. Because this is what the Christians teach, what we believe, what we proclaim is the fulcrum of Christianity. It is the fulcrum of our faith. It is without this. The Apostle Paul, you could fact check it. Go to 1 Corinthians 15. Without the resurrection, we are without hope. We are still in our sins. The preaching of the gospel is completely in vain. Jesus is just another man, dead in a tomb, just like everybody else. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, Paul goes so far as to say the world ought to have pity on us. That's a big deal. So if Jesus isn't legit, if Jesus did not rise from the dead, in essence, what Paul is saying is, go ahead, dismiss Christianity altogether. Dismiss Jesus. It's all a sham. You have the freedom to do that. Because that's the only thing that should really make sense. With the gravity of that statement comes the opposite. But if it's true, if Jesus really did rise from the dead, then that has implications then that means that He is Lord over the grave. That means that He has been exalted. That means that death cannot defeat Him. That means that Jesus is Lord of all, and we should follow Him. We should worship Him. 
Because who else do you know who dies and three days later walks out of the tomb alive? Nobody's doing that. It has massive implications for us. So we have to wrestle with this fact. Is the resurrection fact or is it fiction? Is it just some made-up tale by a few guys a couple thousand years ago just to kind of redeem the, the testimony of their friend? Or did it really happen? As for me, I believe the resurrection's true. Many of you believe the resurrection is true. And I believe the resurrection is true not just because I was raised as a kid to think that. Not just because uh, uh, there's just a book that says it, but as we look at this book, as we look at these things, we have eyewitness testimonies who are saying, I saw Jesus. And the amazing thing about Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, he gives that testimony, and then he says, not only did he rise from the dead, and then he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive. So in, other, in essence, what Paul's saying is, I am preaching and proclaiming to you that Jesus has risen from the dead. And if you don't want to take my word for it, here's 500 people who also saw Jesus, go talk to them. So it's not just that we have a single guy who decided to write something down and say, I had a special revelation, and you've got to take my word on it. He's saying it's fact-checkable. That these testimonies and the days that these things were being written, there were other people that could corroborate those testimonies and say, it's legit. Saw it with my own eyes. I was there. The eyewitness testimonies are huge because not only did, did some guys start preaching that Jesus had risen from the dead, they went to the grave for that. It's not just they started some fad that people enjoyed for a little bit. But they're like, this is worth dying for. They were killed for their testimony. That sure gives some, some confidence. Okay, what you're saying must have some validity to it. But not only is it just the eyewitness testimonies, it's, it's the evidence of the resurrection. You start talking through, well, well, how do we know that Jesus rose? The, the tomb was empty. And nobody, nobody delivered a body. The Romans didn't. The Jewish leaders didn't. Nobody said, all right, all right, guys, joke's up. This is what happened. Let's just clear the air. Jesus is still dead. Jesus is risen. The tomb was empty. And not only that, you have the effects of the resurrection that we have seen throughout history. It wasn't just something that caught on for a couple years or a couple months, had its little brief time in the spotlight where it was popular. But this is something that still has, is impacting the world today. It is something that has reshaped the course of human history for years before you and I are sitting in this room today. The fact that Jesus has risen is the fulcrum, not just of the Christian faith, but the fulcrum of human history at its core. Jesus has shifted the course of all of it. And so as uh, we stop and, and consider this, this response, and all of us need to do that, every single person, how will you respond to the testimony of the resurrection? The fact that you are here today and have been presented with this news means that we all have to deal with it. 
There's no longer a claim of ignorance. I didn't know. You must respond. Before Jesus went through all this, he said to Martha, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? So I ask you today, in the honesty of your heart, do you? Do you believe this? Do you really believe this? Have you wrestled with this? Have you contemplated this? Does your belief in this, if you profess it, does it, does it impact your life? Do you live as if it's true? Or does it have no bear on, on how you go about your, your decisions and your priorities? All of us must make a, a response to the, our encounter with Jesus. All of us are going down some road. It may not be the road to Emmaus, but all of us are going through life. As we encounter Jesus along the road, how will we respond to the good news that he is risen? Will you receive Jesus and repent of your sins and place your faith in him alone for the forgiveness of your sins? Or will you reject Jesus? It's not really my thing. Not really for him. See, Jesus is more than just a philosophy. He's more than just a perspective on life. Jesus is a real person. Risen from the dead. That means something. So what response will you give to the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ?